This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Super pumped to have a very vibrant and excited guest on our show today. Her name is Panina. She's all the way from Israel and a place I've never been, but I look forward to going. I've got a couple of friends there and now Panina as a friend amongst others. And she has got an incredible story to share with her radical turnaround of her lupus slash rheumatoid arthritis, depending on which specialist you ask. And she's about to share it all with us. How are you, Panina? I'm fantastic, and I'm so excited to be here and to share with everybody how your program and the knowledge that you give over has just made such a huge difference in my life. You've given my life back to me, really. Well, that is so wonderful to hear. You know, we go through so much, and, you know, the whole experience for all of us is so painful. So if each of us can get something out of what we've been through, then it makes at least part of it worth it. And the more people we can help and the more that we can benefit by assisting others, then, you know, it makes more and more of it worth it, if that makes sense. Now, I've actually held you back from telling me how much, you know, you've improved (laughs) and what's happened. So I don't know what you're about to say, um, but I've pumped it up. So uh, let's hear a snapshot of what we're in for for the next sort of half an hour or so. Well, I was on medication and I was in a tremendous amount of pain and I was trying to figure out what to do because I didn't want to go to the next level of medications, which had all of these scary side effects. And then, uh, well, I'll tell everybody about how I discovered your program, but it turned my life around. Like I said, I am now completely off of the medication and um, I thought that I had to give up my dreams uh, and my career and now I'm back into it and I'm living life, not just surviving. And it's amazing. Oh, wow. Okay, fantastic. Now, um, let's walk through it then chronologically. Okay. I'd like to, first <laughs> of all, if it is the start of this story, uh, you mentioned just before we uh, we started recording, you were on a keto diet. Now, I don't know if that's before it all went wrong, but you know, let's start from the start and work that in too, because there's controversy out there. People are confused and they're ending up eating these high-fat, keto, paleo-style diets, and ultimately it's going to fail and and cause problems for them way beyond just rheumatoid arthritis but other health issues. So I'd like you to start from when sort of symptoms begin and incorporate that if if it's around the same time. Okay, yeah, definitely. I had I actually had weight problems when I was younger, and that really I don't think is really relevant to what we're talking about, but I had started to gain some weight back after a massive weight loss, and so I tried to figure out what I could do, and that's when I went on this keto diet, and it was successful for weight loss. You know, as far as that goes, it, it, did, it did what it promised to do. And after being on the keto diet for about two years, I um, had a very stressful time in my life. We were moving and changing jobs and and things like that. And uh, after the move, my hands were hurting and I have some osteoarthritis. So I was like, okay, maybe I just overused my hands. And I went a couple of weeks without doing anything. And 
the pain wasn't going away. And then all of a sudden I began to have pain in my shoulder and pain in my elbow and muscular pain. And again, having had the osteoarthritis, I was like, okay, maybe I've just done something. But then I started to get like other weird symptoms, like a strange rash, actually several. And I started to get really, really tired. And once that happened, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Any one of these symptoms is, you know, explainable on its own. But when I put all it, all, all of it together, there's got to be something else going on here. And that's when I went to my doctor and she said, you know, definitely sounds rheumatological. Let's do some other blood tests that we don't normally do. And I came back positive for uh, rheumatoid arthritis and it looks like lupus. I had the ANA, which is the big test that they do for for lupus. And, and that's when she sent me to the rheumatologist. Okay. Now, what for for even a reminder for myself and for others who are unfamiliar with lupus, can you just describe for us what the symptoms of lupus feel like in the body um, compared to the rheumatoid arthritis that we constantly talk about and are all familiar with? So for me, and and this is something that I have to be clear on, we we really started to work on this fairly early compared to a lot of people. And my symptoms were also very mild compared to a lot of people who have lupus. Uh, a lot of people are very, very ill. And I was not very, very ill, but I was extremely fatigued to the point where I had to nap every few hours. Um, I Many people who get lupus get a rash on their face, which I did not get. But I got these strange rashes um, on my arms and my legs. And um, on top of that, I had the what you would normally associate the joint pain uh, inflammatory kind of situation. And on top of that, though, I also had these muscular aches that you would yeah. more likely associate like with fibromyalgia. Right. Yep. So to be honest with you, at this point, I'm like, I've been feeling yeah. so good now for a while that I have to like really think back to to what kinds of problems I was also having some chest pain. I was having yeah. heart issues. Like, yeah. But, so, uh, so it was a sort of a, this is why the, I guess the specialist wasn't sure if it was, you know, rheumatoid or lupus. Um, you had the, as you said, the blood marker that suggested maybe lupus as well. But at this point you're just thinking, whatever the pain is, I, I just want to get rid of it. Right. That's what exactly. I say. When people spend too long trying to work out their diagnosis on it, you know, I'll get emails and people say, Hey, you know, I'm not sure if it's this or this is your, is your program appropriate? Cause there's like a hundred different sort of autoimmune inflammatory conditions with all these weird and wonderful names. And ultimately <laughs> I say this, if you've been shot with an arrow do you stand there and analyze what sort of arrow is in my body? Is it a sharp arrow? Is it a long arrow? Is it a fluffy arrow and a colorful arrow? You don't think that. You think, get the bloody thing out of my body as quickly as possible. Okay. Exactly. So we just want to fix the thing. Okay. So pull out right. the arrow is my answer. And I use that metaphor. So, yeah. so we want to pull out the arrow. So you've gone to the specialist, you've got these diagnosis and what happened next? Right. So I didn't want to, you know, like you said, I didn't care what he called it. I mm. just wanted a cure. Yeah. So fortunately for me, whether you're talking about psoriatic arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or lupus, the first few protocols are exactly the same. So they put me on sulfasalazine, mm -hmm. which is a very common bottom rung yeah. medication for these rheumatological issues. And he told me it might take, you know, a couple of months for me to see results. 
So um, I took the medication faithfully and I ended up actually having a side effect of really, really itchy skin. My back was so itchy. I started like tearing at my skin, mm. but that was the only noticeable side effect was this itchiness that I had. Anyway, I took it and after a couple of months, I started to feel a little relief. I was also taking um, Celcox, which I think is um, called Celebrex in the yeah. United States. Celebrex, yeah. Um, right. So, um, mm -hmm. and I was taking that every day. Mm. And he said to me, like, I don't think you should take it every day. And I was like, well, <laughs> the other medication isn't doing enough. And even with taking it every day, I'm just barely surviving. So I'm on a couple of Facebook groups and I started doing some research and the next levels of medication already have scary side effects. I was looking at them and people were talking about having to go to the eye doctor because you might go blind and having to have them check on your liver and having them keep a monitor on your heart. And I was like, I don't want to do this. That scares me. I'm actually older than I look. I'm 50 years old. Oh, really? I don't look okay. it. Yeah. 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 But I, and I'm otherwise healthy. I mean, I, yeah. I, I have a lot of life to live, you know, yeah. so I didn't want to go through these things. And uh, it just so happened that I came across, by the way, I don't believe in coincidences ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that I came across this TED talk on YouTube with this really adorable guy with this cute Australian accent <laughs> who was talking about how he had cured his rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> I'm married, by the way. I just, you know, um, but really, I saw it and I thought, well, it's worthless. Let's see what he has to say. I love TED Talks, you know, and I think everybody does. Mm. And I'm just, I was totally captured by what you had to say about how you had taken your disease into your own hands. You found a way to cure it or put it into remission. And not only that, but that you were helping lots of people do it too. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm very much into, let's research this. Let's look at the connection. You had mentioned certain things. So I went even further and looked at the, the connection between gut health and autoimmune diseases and stuff like that. And I said, this guy's on to something. And so I went ahead and um, subscribed to your program. And I started reading what was involved. <laughs> And I'm reading and I'm starting to go like, why did I just pay this money? Because there is no <laughs> way on earth I can do this. I cannot <sighs> only green juice for two days. Are you kidding me? And I was like, I just, I can't, I can't, I love food too much. I can't do this, but I decided to at least read to the end of the book because that's the kind of person I am. And towards the end of the book, I read this line where you say you can do this backwards. And I believe if I recall correctly, you said, you know, it'll take a longer, a much longer time to see results. You may not see the same level of results, but you can start with, you know, eliminating the least amount of things. And mm -hmm. so I said, well, it's worth a shot. And so at my observation, am I allowed to mention what I saw on, on the, in the program, like the things yeah, that I of eliminate? Course. But before you do, <laughs> before you do, yeah, 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 absolutely. We have covered all the content of my book and more in our podcasts over the years. There's nothing in the book that people can't hear for free if they have like 50 hours and just listen to everything, but it's all there. And that's what I say to people. Okay. I say, look, okay. if you've got no money, you must have some time because if, you, if you're not working so you can't afford to spend 100 bucks, then you've got lots of time. So get your internet connection at the library for free and just listen and learn everything. Take notes and you'll be good. 
Now, just wanted to clarify, uh, for people who are wondering, yes. what's this, may might have overlooked or forgotten that I, I have this page at the end of the book that says, uh, doing the program in reverse. And what it means is that if someone, if someone has a doctor who's highly skeptical or just refuses to approve a, uh, a, a parallel dietary change to medications that looks a little bit difficult for their, for their patient, or if someone is elderly, frail, underweight, all these different reasons that are covered, um, then maybe do it in reverse. And as you pointed out so eloquently, it's a compromise for results because I believe that to get maximum results, we have to take a really narrow path through the mountain. But, you know, at least it gets out the, the dairy, the meat, the oils. And once we eliminate those, most people will feel probably 50% better within two weeks. And that's going to still inspire the heck out of a lot of people to stick with it and encourage their family to support them. And and eventually they might say, you know what, if I can do that, what will happen if I do the program from the start? That'd be unbelievable. So yeah. So, and you've done that and that's awesome because we haven't had a guest on who's done this. So I'm, I'm curious now to see what happens. Okay. So um, what I gathered from that first reading was no animal proteins. And I was, when I was on keto, I was really, I was living on dairy and eggs. Those, that was like the total, because I tend to be, yeah. I tend to lean in the vegetarian direction anyway. Yeah. So like I had like, I was, oh, I right. even got my own yeah. chickens at some point because I was eating like six, eight, 10 eggs a day. And so and no animal proteins was what I got from reading it the first time. No gluten grains, no coffee or caffeine, and no artificial sweeteners. Those were the things that just jumped out at me. So that's where I started. The first week I went, I tackled in some ways the easiest, but in other ways the hardest. I went off the artificial sweeteners and the coffee and the caffeine. That was what I did the first couple of weeks, just because like, you know, mm. I'm I'm not a jump into it, mm-hmm. do it all at once kind of person. So that's what I did the first week or two weeks, actually. And then I went to the no animal proteins. And then it's interesting because I went to the no gluten grains, except that since coming off of the, of the keto, which was totally gluten free yeah. and, and clearly didn't do it for me because I yeah. got sick while I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So I went back to doing I had cheated in between. I had started eating the gluten again. Yeah. And then when I went to your program, so... I decided, so I started to not eat the gluten, but I wasn't doing it consistently. I wasn't like, you know, so it took about five months for me to see results. But when I saw the results was when I was very strict about the animal proteins, very strict about the no gluten grains for me. And I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned this. Everybody is different. Yeah. And so what affects one person is obviously going to be different than what worked for me. But it was the combination of the no artificial sweeteners, I believe, yeah, because I think that that was part of what was really ruining my stomach, and no animal proteins and no gluten grains together. Those things, I think, you know, I needed that combination. And then five months after I started this, after I decided to really be strict on what I was doing, I woke up one day and I was like, my elbow doesn't hurt. Wait a minute. My shoulder doesn't hurt. Whoa. And I couldn't believe that all of that additional pain that I had been suffering for two and a half years at that point 
was gone. And I was, the only pain that I had residual was the osteo, which is damage. It's not the, yeah. an inflammatory state. And I was just amazed. Now, something I didn't mention was I went to my doctor after I decided to try to do mm. this. Mm. And I said to her, fortunately, I'm very, very fortunate that I have a great personal physician. And I said to her, I want to try a different approach to dealing with this. Mm. I'd like to do, and I just called it gluten-free vegan diet. Yeah. And she said to me, I, and I, I was prepared for her to give me yeah. an argument. Yeah. And she said to me, I support you 100%. I have seen it works in my own patients. I had a patient who had psoriasis, very bad psoriasis. He went on a gluten-free vegan diet and he cured the psoriasis. So she said, I support you 100%. She awesome. said, now it's a hard sell. She said, I can't recommend it to everybody because nobody wants to be told that this is the way to heal their body. But she supported me 100%. And I am so glad that she did wow. because look at the results. That is awesome. Yeah, that is just fantastic. You know how rare it is to hear that? <laughs> I tell you one, I, I actually was, as you were chatting, it, it, it popped back into my mind that Israel has one of the highest uptakes of veganism of any country in the world. And I don't know the statistics. And uh, that's bad. 10%. Of me. T 10. 10. 10%. Right. Yep. See, we the, are actually leading the world per capita oh, in yeah. veganism. By a mile. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I went to a restaurant yesterday in Jerusalem that is vegan and has a several options on the menu for gluten-free and uh, i was in heaven um yeah it's really pretty cool yeah that is fantastic i learned that from uh, gary yurovsky who did a lot of uh -huh. work in israel huge animal advocate really yes. rebellious type of person <laughs> who uh would tie himself to to kind of trees and free animals from cages that were locked up and all sorts of uh things that uh you know troublemaking um but but <laughs> good for getting publicity and um i think that he played somewhat of a role in in his because of he, he had a lot of exposure in israel and a lot of support um spent some time there i believe i'm speaking like just off the top of my head but um it was his one of his talks that first drew my attention to the amount of veganism in Israel, and also my friend. I got a really close friend Zoe, who used to share. A, I used to share a uh, a townhouse with uh, in Sydney before Melissa, my wife, came into the scene. And um, her and Melissa and I have been friends for many years. And her sister lives in Israel, so she visits there from the UK and from. Uh, France regularly. So we're always talking about veganism in Israel. So it's it's fabulous. I think it's great. So you've done all that. You've now you've got have you returned to that same doctor and reported your results and reaffirmed her her already existing belief in this approach? So I haven't actually been back to my doctor yet because the results, the the amazing results. I've been now doing my version of your program for since October, so that's six months. But I only started to see results about a month and a half ago was when I kind of like went, oh. whoa, I think yeah. maybe it's even less than two months. So it hasn't been that long and I'm due for a checkup with her. Uh -huh. So yes, I'm definitely going to be going back to her very soon and sharing the results with her. Okay, great. So your next step will be then 
to start to uh, taper the sulfasalazine if your blood nope. test. I am off the sulfasalazine what? as soon as I woke as soon as I woke up that one day I didn't mention this to you. as soon as I woke up that day and noticed that my pain was gone yeah I was like okay I'm going to try to get off of this so I tapered it off I you know I was taking four pills a day so then I went to three pills and two mm. pills and then and then I stopped and the pain did not return mm. and so now I only take the Cellcox two or three times a week for the wrist pain, the osteo pain that I have. Yeah. But otherwise, otherwise, I'm the only pills I'm popping at this point are vitamins. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it'd be interesting. Um, you know, so do you think that the whole time, which is what I, I tend to think that, you know, you, you had almost everything right and you had your plant-based diet going along, it was low in fat, You'd eliminated all of the things that we've mentioned earlier, uh, but it was just the presence of the gluten-containing grains that was holding you back. And then within two weeks of stopping those as well and getting closer to what I refer to as like our baseline portion of our program, that's when yes. it all changed. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it can't be just attributed to the gluten because when I was keto, I was gluten-free. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's the yeah. combination of the the plant based, the gluten free, yeah. the yeah. lowering the acid levels by getting rid of the coffee and the caffeine and, and the, the artificial sweeteners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the meat. We kind of let the meat off the hook too easily by just referring to it as animal protein. It's no, far right, more right. than that. It's the sure. it's the huge fat content. It's the acidification, right. as you talked about. And uh, uh, if we think more, you know, a little bit more. Uh, creatively about it it's the sort of the the uh uric acid content and all sorts of weird and wonderful things um but <laughs> but for mine you know if you were to talk about the the proteins versus the fat content which is worse from the animal products you know it'd be hard to argue past the fat i think that you know why is the oil the absolute nemesis of rheumatoid lupus anything inflammatory arthritis it's the fat content. It's pure fat. That's what the oil's biggest problem is. And then as we work backwards from that being the number one enemy, then we hit the high-fat foods of you know, dairy and meat well before we hit anything that's as high-fat in vegetables. Okay, so then we're, Right. Now, yeah. I... You know, in all honesty, I do add some vegetable oils to my food. I'm not completely like fat-free mm -hmm. like, I, you know, McDougal and, and stuff like that. But for sure, I've like lowered my fat intake by 90%, right. you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which, you know, is is massive, right? Lowering it by 90%. Right. I mean, it's massive. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sure. like night and day. So I think these are really good insights for, uh, for people trying to piece their own uh, puzzle together in their own um, journey, wherever they're up to. Well, that's fantastic. So you've you said at the top you still um you've now been able to uh, continue to to work and enjoy your work. You are a coach. That's right. I'm a coach, a speaker, and an author. Um, and so I had actually. It's interesting because I I've done some public speaking, and when I got sick two years ago, I really had to stop going on speaking tours because I couldn't. I didn't have the stamina to stand on stage for an hour and speak. And I actually had one event uh, about a year ago where they wanted me to do two talks back to back. I had a 15 mm. minute break and 
the second talk, I almost collapsed on stage because I didn't have the energy to to do that. And uh, I had a book that is in the works in my head that I hadn't started. I had basically figured I, I had to put everything on hold because I was just so tired. I, I was expending all my energy simply existing, not even living, just yeah. existing. Yeah. And uh, now thank Thank God I'm getting back into it. I'm speaking again. I'm writing and I'm taking on coaching clients. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You certainly yeah. have the the personality, the energy, the articulation <laughs> for it. Now, you know, sometimes we get guests. Um, a good example might be Ida, who uh, is from the UK, lovely girl. She's gone on and created a cookbook and she gave a, a live presentation to uh, an audience of sort of like-minded people uh, a few months ago, uh, you kind of fit the mold of potentially being able to take your previous career, if we call it previous or, or existing career, sure. and then, um, you know, putting this new passion uh, into one of the slots and also speaking on this topic and sharing your story and continuing your inspirational work, but in a, in a, at, with a different slant, with a plant-based slant and encouraging people right. to, to help them. One good thing might be to talk to your rheumatologist and say, hey, you know, check me out. Look what's happened. You and I both share this passion for encouraging people now to have a you know gluten-free plant-based diet. Would you be able to organize a, a meeting of other patients who'd be interested in hearing my talk and it's all free and I'll volunteer and I'll tell my story just like this, but in a live setting um, do you reckon she might agree? So uh, I, <laughs> I'm i laughing while you're talking only because my rheumatologist actually died. <gasps> what? Um, he, he had a heart attack. Um, yeah. You shouldn't laugh, but that's away. shocking. It's it's horrible. Um, I'm not laughing at the fact that he yeah, passed away, so just as you're saying, crazy. you go back to him. So, uh, but I definitely will take it up with my physician. I actually chose not to go see, that was the weird thing. It was like, okay, so here where I live, it takes three months to see, to get a, an appointment with a rheumatologist. Right. And uh, specialists just take a, take a long time. Oh, unless it's the you're same the around the world. The same around oh, the world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here so, it's three months. Yep. UK. Yep. Okay. So I, you know, I saw him and then he passed away and actually I lost an appointment and I was searching for a new rheumatologist when I started this program. And I thought, you know what, let me just wait and see what happens. Because if I can actually solve the problem, then I won't need a rheumatologist. Right. And so that has happened. So I haven't bothered to find myself a new rheumatologist because I, I feel like I don't need it. But my blood work, my doctor did order blood work just a three weeks ago, even though I didn't see her, she went ahead and, and sent me the order to get the blood work done. And all of my numbers, my sed rate, my CRP, my ANAs, everything came out perfect. And in fact, my cholesterol, <laughs> which was like sky 229. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. not sky high, but, okay. but high enough yeah. that to start worrying is now at 150, which <laughs> is considered perfect. And um, so, yeah, so all of my numbers are back in the black. As I say, there's no big red numbers coming up and I'm just, just shocked. So I definitely would like to um, talk about trying to encourage people. There's a little bit of a language barrier for me here in Israel because I am not, as you can tell by my accent, yeah. probably a native American English speaker. 
and not a Native American, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, (laughs) And so my Hebrew is really lousy. And so I can't speak in Hebrew, but there's no reason why I can't take it on the internet, if nothing else, and and share Mm. the story because people need to know this. They need to know that they can change their life and that eating how we eat really does affect our health. I never thought, I mean, yes, I knew that there was a connection between what I eat and what I weigh, but I never would have thought that a disease could be affected by how I eat. And to see such drastic and dramatic results, it's like, why isn't every single doctor on the face of the earth teaching people how to eat to be healthy? Instead of just popping pills, it's like mind-boggling. Because they don't know. They just don't know. And your rheumatologist who died, you said he had a heart attack? Yes. Right, which is a preventably, 100% preventable condition that is brought upon by eating a high-fat animal-based diet. So that's not without any disrespect or, or, or any kind of lack of sympathy for his family and friends and so forth. But I would say the same thing about someone close to me if it is a fact it is a preventable disease and if people are blown away by that comment then they either haven't listened to much of my work or don't know much of the work of like uh colin campbell or let's look let's talk about dean ornish um or someone like uh cadball esselstyn so folks should go and google that and um (laughs) and learn more because you know your rheumatologist has died from something that if he followed the kind of diet that you've been eating in the last five months, he may very, very well have avoided. So, yeah, I mean, the world's crazy. world's crazy or killing ourselves with yep. what we eat. Um, so all we can do is uh, sure. continue to share as much content as we can and, and get as many people involved and interested and try and make it – interesting and and cool and fun somehow you know i i i yes you know i'm always open to new ideas and ways that we can get messages out there because as you say like you know people need to know they do because their life depends on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does yep and the shame is that both you and i and i do believe anyone with an autoimmune condition could have avoided it you know, right. could have avoided it. And it becomes controversial when we talk about JIA cases, particularly really young. Like we have a member of our support forum, uh, her name is Katie, and uh, she's uh, doing tremendously well. And she got diagnosed with JIA when she was one year old. Wow. And if we want to, you know, my opinions on this as well, it's still related to the microbiome. The microbiome gets shaped by the mum's microbiome. At, yeah, during the is it called the um ingestation the in- period or the the, the yeah. during pregnancy um gestation gest- gestation if mum's drinking drinking lots of dairy in particular these dairy proteins can get into the uh bloodstream of of both uh human beings if babies drinking milk from day one was was not a vaginal birth and did not feed off uh off the breast at all or went on, uh, the child went on antibiotics for a period of time, you know, all these things, and boom, microbiome's blown out, you can get an autoimmune disease. So I think autoimmune is avoidable. Stinking hard to treat once you've got it. You know, we've got to work with it for, for, for our lifetimes, but we can work with it and get incredible, you know, 
equivalent to perfection kind of states uh, compared to like the alternative, which is, you know, drugs, lots of pain and so on. So, you know, well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Fantastic. And uh, keep up the, uh, you know, use those skills and, and, and drive it. Get like some, get an Instagram page, whatever, whatever you think's the <laughs> right fit for you. Whatever feels fun. You know, whatever feels yeah. fun. It's, if it's not fun, you'll stop doing it. Right. I like doing this, right? I like talking yeah. to you. I like hearing these stories. This for me isn't work. This is fun. We, we get, I learn something every single time. It's enjoyable. I get to chat, you know. I get to talk to Let you. Let me ask you a question. Mm. I'm going to play the interviewer for sure. a second. Go for it. What does it feel like to know that you have changed the lives of tens of thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of people? I haven't done enough. I, no, I just haven't done enough yet. I haven't put it into an easy enough package for everyone to follow yet. It doesn't feel enough. There's so much more work to do. That's my. That's how I feel about it. I feel like it's awesome, but if this was it right now, I've failed because there are people who still get confused about certain parts of the process. There are others that find that, that my online process is too difficult technologically. There are others who are confused because it's, it's, it's created for adults and yet they have, we have so many JIA cases that, are, that feel whether or not they should go ahead because they're children and, and there's, I put out sort of protective disclaimers because I don't want anyone to you know, underfeed their child or force them to do things right. they can't. You know, I, I'm, get, I'm caught up with how can I take this to the greatest possible level? Because until I have, as you said earlier, doctors recommending these changes to their patients, then I'm not done. I want to mm. have a book on every rheumatologist's shelf in the world that says this is what you do in parallel to your drug treatment so as to minimize your drugs through maximum health, and it is rock-solid, idiot-proof, golden, with easy steps to follow, and all of the frequently asked questions and troubleshooting you could ever hope for, and then I'll feel like, that's awesome. Wow. Well, yeah. I just want to encourage you because, you know, we have a saying that a person who saves one person has saved a world. And so think of all of the worlds that you have helped save by keeping, by helping so many thousands of people heal themselves. And I know that this means that I can pick up my grandchildren. Yes, I have grandchildren. I uh, can help people get through trauma and all of the things that I do that I thought I had to shelve all because I saw your TED talk and I downloaded your program and I tried to give it a try. So you've made an amazing difference in the world. And I personally am tremendously in debt and grateful for the work that you're doing. And I pray that you get to do it for a very long time so that in 40, 50 years, whatever you can look and see that uh, doctors are recommending this protocol for people because it's a life changer. Mm, thank you. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I don't know what it is, you know, sometimes we find that too sensitive or too too much vulnerability to really take on board and accept such 
really meaningful and lovely comments like that. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very grateful to hear that. And, and it does, it does mean a lot. And, um, you know, Good. when we get off this call, I'll go and tell Melissa, I'll just, I said, I just spoke with Panina. She's in Israel. She said some amazing, wonderful things. And she had this diagnosis of lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, and she was really struggling on a keto diet. And Melissa will go, oh, yeah, like that. And I'll say, and now she's doing fantastic. And and she'll be like, that's wonderful, you know. And so every single moment of hearing wonderful stories such as yourself means so much. And I just, I guess I'm now addicted to it and I want everyone to feel like you because I've got clients. I've got clients who I speak with every week on the phone and we work closely together and it's like a sort of a high-level coaching that I do with with a small group, right. t- 10 or 12 people. And some of them are very, very um, challenging cases, you know, right. and I want to break through with them as well. Some of them have an awesome and, like, they email me, say, don't need to speak this week. I'm perfect. Like literally I've had those. Wow. And then others, it's, it's, it's work. It's work. So I'm still, is it, how can I tweak something for them and so forth? So, you know, it's all a work in progress, but again, sure. I guess I'm just uh, skirting around, just accepting that beautiful comment that you said and taking it on board and saying, thank you very much. Definitely. Mm. Take mm. it. Well, thank you very much for those nice comments again and, and for coming on today. And, and really, this is a fun thing to do. And I love hearing your story. It's, you know, it's really uplifting. And, uh, you know, all the best going forward. And hopefully I'll get to meet you in person one day when I come to Israel and make it, you know, 10.0001% vegan. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. And it's been a real pleasure getting to meet you online. Thanks, Penina. You've been listening to the Pattison Program. For more information, visit pattisonprogram.com.